Welcome to Stream Police, the podcast where we talk about streaming and such and tell you whether or not you should check it out. <laughs> that, that made no sense. Anyways, I'm John Ottenhe. Joining me is Mr. Michael Seventy. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing great with that intro. <laughs> yeah, um, if you could ignore all that, maybe I'll drown it out with some sweet... Uh, some sweet music what was that guy we were talking about just before we started recording the guy that does the whole house thing <laughs> jesse frederick is his jesse name he, he did every abc show before we started recording and you just knew his name <laughs> yeah i did you didn't even have to look it up well because it was interesting i i remember uh in a long time ago as a young lad watching the tgif lineup and and seeing that his name in the credits of two shows and so i always had that in the back of my head and just while we were doing research for this i don't know if that's the right word for what we're fucking doing but i I looked up full house and i uh saw his name and yeah he did like every abc show in the 90s so good job jesse frederick yeah good job man i hope he's still uh still working or at least got a good got a good life built a good life for himself but if you haven't guessed we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about fuller house not full house fuller house which is the sequel reboot reimagining Netflix series reimagining whatever you want to call it um we're going to talk about a couple episodes of that uh but before we get into that i thought it might be interesting to kind of talk about this whole fascination right now with doing these uh reboots i don't know what you want to call them i guess you could say they're kind of like reboots uh they're not quite remakes because with a lot of these it's like you're picking up with like a sequel to something way later and you're trying to get like some of the stars to come back too you're doing Mm. star wars uh before we started doing this michael you mentioned creed and he was like oh yeah oh yeah why is it now like what's the trend what what why do you think this is going on well, and I think nostalgia is a pretty strong force. I think, I don't know, I think just executives are cashing in on brands, you know, on properties that are known to work. And so they'll revive anything that has done well before in the absence of original ideas. Well, not so much in the absence, because I think people always have strong ideas, but it's it's much easier to sell uh, a sequel or like the ninth version of something that they know works. So, you know, it's happened always, I think, as long as there's been, you know, more than one (laughs) franchise in the world, you know, but it it is, it does feel like it it has picked up a lot in the past few years for whatever reason. I mean, and I guess just like social media is something that gets stronger every day. And so people can voice their opinions online and, you know, executives can be like, hey, Mm. maybe we should do a Baywatch. (laughs) Well, that's not the same thing. That's just a remake. But like maybe we should do another (laughs) Pee-wee. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, well, for one thing, like like the Baywatch thing you were saying, like I feel like there was this time where every week Jimmy Fallon would do a different like – riff on like hey remember saved by the bell and he'd do a thing where he, he was in the saved by the bell school and oh it's the original cast and the audience goes crazy and i think he even did one for full house probably he did so like it, I, I think there there's this like there's this 
moment where people were capitalizing people in the industry were seeing hey look at these buzzfeed quizzes where people are like oh which member of the step-by-step house were you and seeing the response that got so like you said like social media and i think it just alerted them to oh yeah we can (laughs) what people thought was great when they were seven (laughs) we can bring that back you know so it doesn't have to just be like oh we're we're doing you know uh at a remake of or a sequel to rocky it can be like oh remember that show that people watched when they were homesick from school <laughs> and during the daytime like <laughs> that's what we can do i mean maybe for baywatch too it's uh that maybe they saw like a 21 jump street and saw oh here's another thing that was like a remake of a an old show and they kind of took a more comedic turn yeah with it. maybe we can kind of you know, like now we know we've cracked it. We know how to do a Baywatch movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, because there, there's always been. I think we've even talked about this on the podcast before, but there, the kind of ironic, like uh, tongue-in-cheek version, like the Brady Bunch movie, and the there, there were a couple of those, right, where they, you know, put the Brady Bunch in the '90s, and that was their way of poking fun. At it. You know, that was that that's kind of a different thing and you know or even just like the like you were saying the peewee movie like that's you know paul rust and and paul rubens have just more funny ideas for peewee you know like i think there's uh there there are ways to put like a twist on things or just to do a good version of it but there's also like I don't know. This, this, <laughs> who was who was really like saying we need Full House to come back? Who who was signing that like petition? Because <laughs> I'm sure there was like a sign this if you <laughs> want Full House like in 2005 or something. You know, I, they probably just thought it was really easy too. It's like, well, no one is like too big of a star. We can do this on the cheap. We can probably just you know use the old sets that have been sitting in some studio for twenty years. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I I think if I'm not wrong, it was John Stamos who actually was kind of like the, the brains behind the operation. Like he had, I think he was a producer on the original show, or at least had some sort of like stake in it, and he like went to netflix i think i think he he just pitched it to them like hey what about a another full house you know like so i, I don't know I, I think stamos uh saw something he saw the potential he's probably watching those <laughs> buzzfeed quizzes himself you know that's what might have done it i mean it worked out for him too i feel like a lot of people watched it yeah i think it's getting a second season oh is it i think so yeah All right. so he's a he's a genius <laughs> i are i figured you know he seems like he's a he knows what he's doing so do you think any of these weird pseudo reboot type projects have been worthwhile can you think of any in particular that you liked you're like i'm glad they made that uh like for just re like rehashing old shows or movies too well you see there's a really fine like there are I don't know if this would even count, but like Mad Max Fury Road, that's a sequel, but it and it, but that was still like years ago, and and you know, it, I think that's something where it wasn't just cashing in on nostalgia, and it was. A, I think that's what it is. Like if it, if there's actually a creative thought behind it, like Creed, I thought that was great. Creed was a great movie. Yeah, and I don't know. I I'm trying to think of something that's comparable to this. Well, okay, you know what. 
I think I might be in the minority on this a little bit, but I think Arrested Development season four is good. I thought that was a funny, like, I'm not saying it's, you know, the as great as the original th- three seasons, but even then maybe that's my own nostalgia for that. Like maybe if I had seen season four when I was uh, just a young lad, then I'd feel the same way. So I don't know. I, I like that one. And I did see the Pee Wee movie, which I thought was okay. Yeah. I had a good, it had a solid 20 minutes like of jokes in there. So I haven't seen that one yet. Actually, there was some, there was some parts that genuinely made, made me laugh. Um, it gets a little silly, like too silly near the end or just dumb. <laughs> and it looks really, really cheap. Oh yeah. Um, but I had, I had a good time for the most part. I don't know if you throw star Wars into this mix because star sure. Wars is like a, like a billion dollar franchise, <laughs> you know? So it was going to get made regardless of what the trends were, but it did right. include a lot of the old stars. Yeah, like, but yeah, and I think that's like a, an example where it, it was, you know, George Lucas sold it to Disney, so they were like, yeah, okay, we're going to make a million more stars. And like, I liked the Force Awakens. And Me I, too. And I'm looking forward to Ryan Johnson, you know, but like, that's obviously like the, I mean, that's the safest fucking thing in the world, right? Like, oh, yeah. let's make another Star Wars. Let's take a gamble on that. You know, yeah. isn't there like a Heroes thing now? Like Heroes is, is back? It was. Uh, yeah. Everyone hated it. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to be back again, but. I watched like the first season of that and I, I was, I remember being shocked in like 2009 that it was still on I was like, Jesus Christ! I thought that was, uh, no, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was so angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I shot my TV, Elvis style. It was awful. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, for me, though, out of all these weird reimagining reboot things, uh, the one that's might be the most disappointing for me was the X Files because I'm such a huge mm. fan of the original show. Uh, it seemed like everything should have worked perfectly. You know, you had a lot of the, re- you have a lot of returning writers, returning cast. I I assumed they probably had like a whole backlog of stories that they wanted to do from uh, like yeah. years ago, so it would have been easy. And then I don't know if you watched any of it, but I really mm. only liked like one episode. Yeah. Um, and that was the one that Darren Morgan did. That was pretty much a comedy episode about a reptile man. Yeah. Like that okay. one was that one was hilarious. It was it was it was great. I I I'd say it almost made it worth it, but then. They got back into like a lot of their same pitfalls that they had with the original show where it's like they get really into this really lame conspiracy and it feels really <laughs> clunky and when like Mulder goes onto a computer, he, like he doesn't use Google or YouTube, they're like weird knockoffs. There's a lot of little <laughs> things like that. It's like, wow, this show is written by like a sixty year old man. This is not like cutting edge. For a show that's like about like delving into like you know, like the people that are watching us and everything that's going around, I feel like you gotta be on the cutting edge, you know? <laughs> Sure. I mean, I mean, it, it was Chris Carter coming back, right? Like, yeah. It wasn't, okay. And he wrote the most episodes, and as much as you know, he's he's written some great ones to the original series. I yeah. do think he was one of the weaker writers of the show. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I I was talking to my girlfriend about this, but doesn't it kind of seem like Duchovny maybe was the Stamos on this? Like you know what I mean? Like he, he definitely was really into the idea. So yeah. I think yeah. I, I mean Chris Carter doesn't have like I mean he he's, he's I'm sure he's fairly wealthy, but I don't think he has like any power like to be like <laughs> this is going to happen. <laughs> Fox, listen to me. I was your Sunday night lineup. <laughs> I was Fox. I, Millennium, right? That was him, right? It was. 
Cool. See, I know two Chris Carter shows. That might be the only two, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the show, it was mostly disappointment. If if you're ever curious, I would highly recommend the episode, uh, what was it called? Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster. Okay. It's a standalone. It's very funny. And it had, what's his face from uh, from Flight of the Concords? Rise Darby? Is that his name? Oh, yeah. That's cool. And he was uh, he was the the guest star of that episode. That was that was a good time. Nice. Yeah, I will check that out. I like him a lot. For the most part, like I don't know, with most of these things, they get me really excited. But I think most of them, you should probably just leave them in the past. As much as I would really love to see them again. Yeah, you know, it's weird because when they announced the Twin Peaks uh, reboot thing, it at first it was like, oh. Twin Peaks is back, but oh, David Lynch isn't part of it. And then oh, he's back again, and like it was this big like <laughs> the roller coaster ride of emotions for everybody. But the whole time, I I was kind of thinking like I don't I don't know. Do we need? It's like when when a great band that you love that uh, is getting back together and they announce and they're making a new album. I don't know. Like I, it's not like oh boy, it sucks that this great band is making more <laughs> music. Like. It's not that, but it's just, you know, well, let's not, let's not <laughs> tarnish the legacy. I don't know. Is that lame? <laughs> that's no, that's just... <laughs> not lame. No, I get, I get, I get, I hear that. Yeah. But then like Dinosaur Jr. though, you know, maybe that, maybe Twin Peaks will be the Dinosaur Jr. of TV. Maybe it'll come back and be as good as before. So I think knows? that's all it ever wanted. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what Fuller House wanted to do, <laughs> which we'll talk about right now. All right, Fuller House. Okay, how many years are we picking up after the original Flash? 20, 20 odd years, who cares? So this is the uh, picking up with the Tanner family mm-hmm. at the same family home. And uh, I guess we'll just, I'll just go right into like the first episode because I feel like I remember it fairly well. Sure. So it opened with the original theme, if I recall, and the original credits. Yeah, but like... Just to give you that wave of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. And it'll, it, then it goes right to that famous shot of the house, but it says, you know, whatever, 25 years later, as if you'd already forgotten what you were watching or, <laughs> or whatever. And uh, so then it has this, uh, it has the whole Tanner family and everyone else gathering around a table. It's like a going away party. It opens the show with probably like the clunkiest exposition for each character. Like as each character enters this room, they're like, oh, here's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. <laughs> they really laid on thick, yeah. So you got DJ, and she's now the lead, um, and she's also widowed, just like Bob Saget was in the original. Yeah. Conveniently. And she's very much like his character, just kind of like tight-knit, you know, uh, boring. <laughs> she comes in. I feel like Bob Saget, maybe he was the next one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go in the exact <laughs> order. They walk into the room. But I feel like it's set up in this way. It's like they enter, and then cheer woo yeah 
so but it, and it is a real studio audience right yeah yeah okay either that or it's an incredible illusion because i'm because the saddest thing in the world would be if they just had candace cameron walk into a room and they had her hold for imaginary applause for like five seconds but no i'm sure okay so i'm sure there's a, a, like a so many full house fans who went to that pilot taping or not pilot taping but the taping for the first episode and were just thrilled out of their fucking minds when everyone they were ready to lose their shit right when they sat down so we we catch up with uh with, with bob saget again and you know he he's one cast member who i feel like his years away from full house like i can't look at him the same way anymore there's something about him i just i see creep when i see bob saget these days <laughs> he's a he's a very filthy comic he is um maybe one of the filthiest uh comics and yeah no he's he's <laughs> it's such a weird thing that people are shocked that he's not like danny tanner because how could a human being of that age be wholesome that wholesome you know like that's impossible but yeah no it is it is there's a cognitive dissonance to seeing that dude back in dj or not dj in uh danny mode and uh john stamos shows up and he's yeah. pretty much the same as he's always been he's the character I, I think probably feels most comfortable in the show and just look like feels most natural he's so cool He's very much always been that Jesse character. And we <laughs> learn that he is now a composer for soap operas. Yeah. Um, there's I have two there's minor like grievances with that. One <laughs> Granted I don't remember the original show that well, so I could be way off and maybe he was like going towards that direction musically. <laughs> Your problem is that, is that really where Jesse of Jesse and the Rippers would have gone as an artist? <laughs> but no, my thing is like, well, did he compose? He just did like shitty like rock music. He'd like get together and play What I Like About You at like County Fair. <laughs> now he's a composer. Well, But I, then again, he could be, he could be the, what's his name? Jesse Frederick. That's probably what he was based on, was Jesse Frederick. God, now I just, I didn't even think about really? that. Yeah, no, like I think they... Jesse Frederick, when they were recording the theme song, were like, oh, God, when's that Jesse Frederick guy going to be here? And he came in, like, on a motorcycle <laughs> looking really cool. And he was, they were like, oh, you got to record the theme song to all our shows today. And he went, hey, have mercy. And then Jeff Franklin was, like, sitting in the back going, like, my God, can, can you can you come with us to the writer's room? <laughs> like, <laughs> Stamos, look at this. This is who you must be. And that was it. The rest was history. You also reminded me that everyone has to, like, cram in as many of their catchphrases as oh, yeah. they can whenever they're in the room. Oh, my other... I had another problem with Jesse's uh, uh, career path. I don't remember him ever writing original songs. I feel like he always did covers. I remember... Well, in fact, even in the first episode of this, he does that old cover of the Beach Boys Forever, which he did on the original show many times as well. Which is, like, embarrassingly bad. They're having, like, a party... And then he's just like, so here's a guitar, and look, your band is here for some reason. They're just great family <laughs> friends. Yeah, they're all just hanging out. And he, and he even says, like, no, I've been doing forever, forever. And But then he, he does it. And boy, I think, I mean, you can probably commiserate on this a little bit just as a Beach Boys fan. Because that's, like, a, that's one of Dennis Wilson's, like, great, like, beautiful songs. And then, I don't, this is such a, like... 
fucking fan complaint puts like i don't want to think about full house (laughs) when i'm listening to forever you know no i totally agree it's like i think that's such a great song and i hate that pretty much like 80 percent of the world knows it from full house yeah because i remember one time like in high school as a joke like a bunch of people were talking about full house and they were talking about oh yeah remember that show it was so dumb oh remember that song they had on it forever and i was like but just know that song was actually good (laughs) and i I had an asthma attack right there because the the beach boys had some good stuff man like it was it was hard. So yeah, no, it, that's um, that's the one thing I remember him singing. Not an original, not, not a Jesse uh, Katsopoulos original cut. <clears throat> All right, I'm, I'm sure at some point here, uh, Uncle Joey shows up. Oh yeah, and he is as unfunny as ever. <laughs> I've always hated him. To me, he's like, like I, I feel like it'd be a, like a compliment to say he's a poor man's Robin Williams. Like he is. Oh sure, yeah way lower than that he's like you know open mic night in like 1987 (laughs) now uh, this is all true of of uncle joey but dave coulier favorite comic of all time easy (laughs) what's his what's his real material like you know i i I think he he was on out of control which was the kind of precursor to you can't do that on television i think it might have actually like just become you can't do it on television i don't know and then, like, I don't know. I think he just does, like, very clean, kind of family-friendly comedy, which, you know, I don't know. Nothing, like, you know, he's making a living, I'm sure. Like, I, I would go as far as to say that I think Dave Coulier is, like, a talented guy, you know? He, it, it takes skill to do Popeye and then, like, a, a beaver who's hungry or whatever the other guy is the thing is he's been doing that that same thing yeah. for like 30 years he's yeah. like rich little uh that, that was the impersonator yeah, right rich who would be doing yeah. like ronald reagan impressions like 10 years after he died <laughs> like it's not funny anymore you gotta write new jokes i think that was my problem with uncle joey is like he couldn't really just do the same character again because I just don't think it translates. Like the Uncle Jesse character, I feel like is way easier to integrate into today. Because because that cool is timeless. <laughs> that cool is timeless. <laughs> yeah, no, we're but I think maybe you could say that the other side of the coin is that dorkiness is also timeless because they make some cracks like, oh, you're old and you're still. <laughs> fucking pretend to be Popeye or whatever they say. He comes in like, doesn't he, isn't he wearing his like Detroit Red Wings jersey? Yeah. I think he comes in with a big beaver puppet. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. I remember that. He's doing a voice. Yeah. And we also find out he's like a really popular Vegas comedian. Like he's doing better than Carrot Top apparently. Which I can see. I can see him. I guess the bar is low, so yeah. Uh, I mean, if Jeff Dunham can be a superstar. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff Dunham didn't have any Alanis Morissette songs about him, so what does that tell you? Not that we know of. (laughs) Yeah, probably know. next album. (laughs) (laughs) Ironic is about Jeff Dunham. It was inspired (laughs) by Jeff Dunham. Okay, and then who shows up? Uh, What's her name? Lori Laughlin. What's her character's name? I can never remember. She's Becky. She's Aunt Becky. Becky. Yeah. And she comes down the stairs, and she has to make reference like, I can't believe I walked up all the way up to the attic for like 10, 15 years. (laughs) And then that reminded me of how that always creeped me out. Like, (laughs) I don't want to go off on a tangent, but didn't you always find it weird that she was like on TV and she lived in an attic. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, there there was something. I don't think legally weird about it, but like her co-host is the owner of the house and she lives in the attic of the house. <laughs> she lives in his attic. I don't, I, I would. She can't get an apartment? <laughs> I think that's, they. she just loves how full that house is. I think that, that was certainly the appeal for, for millions of, of viewers. Like, man, there are so many people in that house. Like, <laughs> maybe they she had to keep adding more. <laughs> the fullest house. That's what they to want the point to where they started like raising children in the attic of her coworker. Speaking of which, okay, first of all, I love the, the raising children in the attic of her coworker is the creepiest but most accurate way to describe <laughs> that situation. But speaking of which, those twins, those those terrible twins, are back and they're they're they come in to say, "Hey, we're going to college now. We're total surfer bros," <laughs> and that's it. And they're wearing like underarm. Well, no. What are they wearing? It's just like they're just wearing like tank, tank tops. tops. Okay, yeah. They're, but they're they're like kind of just two dudes who totally like pound monster energy drinks and then go surfing. And yeah, I don't know. I for some reason that's just like I I was just too upset that they didn't have bowl cuts to think straight. So <laughs> I was able to like get through that scene. I was just like, wait, why aren't they saying things at the same time? And, and do you remember them on the original show? The, the twins? No, I mean, I remember the characters, but I don't remember like any of their gimmicks. Well, that was the first time in my life watching that as a kid that I ever realized that there's such thing as like bad acting. Like that helped me understand what <laughs> acting is. Cause like the kids would say, say things like, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, because <laughs> they don't know words. <laughs> like, there are three. Ugh. So, how, how do you think they're doing now, though? The actual actors? Yeah, the actors. How they. I don't know. They improve? I, w- without looking it up and Googling it at all. Like, or just mean in life how they're doing? <laughs> or. <laughs> or at... well, I would ask you how they're doing in life. <laughs> no, just how their performances were. Oh, is it the same? Or is it the same kids? It's gotta be right. I mean, they didn't. I don't know. Wouldn't it be? Okay. Well, as if if it is, then I gotta say they certainly know how to read cute cards now, because like it's they sounded like two normal human beings. Uh, so I guess I'd say they're probably my favorite living actors today. Is what I'm saying. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned uh, Stephanie yet. No. Yeah. I was never really. I would. I had no idea what direction they were going to take her for this show because all I really remember of her character in the original show is that she was kind of like. I don't know if she'd say she was snobby. I don't know what what's the best word to describe Stephanie from the original well, show. Well, she, she hated rudeness with a passion. So we, we all know that. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Her and Jar Jar Binks. They they both when something was rude, they would they would call it out. So I, the path they went for uh, with her was uh, she became like a like a DJ or something like yeah it was like a party girl going all around Europe but in the most PG way. Well, I have to say that before I watched the show, I did find out that about the joke that Stephanie was a DJ that went by the name of DJ Tanner, and I genuinely laughed. I do think that's a funny. <laughs> I think that's like a kind of. 30 rock-esque like little bit you know i i don't know why that's so amusing to me but so i i do want to say right up front that 
even going into this and also in the episode itself i find that out i laughed that's so kudos fuller house for that i think it's funny but i I think that they revealed it in a not funny way yeah no i i don't think they make a like they didn't go for like a 30 rock kind of like i'm just saying that like the concept is funny okay yeah maybe not execution but i'm also just I'm stupid enough that that's very funny to me. Is what I'm, that's really what I'm trying to say. I'm dumb, and Stephanie Tanner being a DJ that goes by DJ Tanner is is very funny to me. But yeah, that is an interesting thing is that she like plays Coachella and she's like this. <laughs> I don't. She lives in London. She comes into the breakfast scene speaking in a British accent. I'm cringing so hard at this point. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Um, when I was watching this, I kept being compelled. I was the only person, I was by myself, to flip off the TV mm-hmm. anytime something happened that I thought was embarrassing or bad. I just, <laughs> there's no reason to. It's kind of like how, like, if you were to laugh at something, it's just how you feel. It's like, I felt like flipping off the television every time <laughs> I saw something bad. And, like, that British thing, that was, that was one of the things. That was killing me. Uh, I did, I did this thing where, like, there was a callback to somebody's no no you know what it was it was like when kimmy gibbler showed up and they're all in there and then they somebody says something about the uh how michelle's not there because she's doing her fashion line and they all look at the camera because hey you know we're being meta now because that's why mary kate and ashley aren't here like i knew they had to address that and it's better that they addressed it like that instead of saying that you know she, she died in the same accident that killed tj's husband or something but like it, it's just it, it, it was just laying it they held the the stare for like 10 seconds I, it was such a long like whoa. no that was for me the absolute worst moment yeah i like wanted to turn it off at that the point. back of my neck felt really high and i thought that like Everybody who I've ever, like, recommended something to I thought was going to show up and, and look at me watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just thought that I was really worried that Facebook would somehow connect to my Netflix and say, Michael is currently watching Fuller House Episode 1 or something. <laughs> it's almost like the cast was looking at you. Yeah, they were looking at right at For the decision you'd made. <laughs> judging me. Why are you watching this? Ugh. Too bad. Um, so we have that very clunky scene. Oh, I forgot to say that the going away party is for uh, Danny Tanner and Becky. They're gonna ha- host a show in uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I guess they weren't they weren't still living it. They all just reunited at the old house in in San Francisco. I think I guess DJ lives there for some reason. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't completely clear on that. I don't know how that arrangement worked out. I mean, don't you think, like, now, like, oh, I'm, like, a veterinarian. I can start my own life. I have three children. Don't you think you just want to go out and, like, find your own place? You really want to live in the house you grew up in? See, I thought that was what the show was going to be about, kind of. I thought it was going to be about, like, oh, you know, she spent her entire life here, and she's afraid of moving forward. And so now that this tragedy has befallen her, she is kind of regressing and... I thought, I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought it was just going to be this dramatic show. I, was, I thought it was going to be like like that weird Brady Bunch uh, sp- spinoff, The Bradys, where everybody's like in a wheelchair and dying and stuff. Remember that? Yeah, it was like in the 80s, I want to say. 
They made a show called The Brady's that was like an like, they were like dying in a wheelchair. Yeah, like Bobby was in a wheelchair because he was like a race car driver, and like the Brady sisters were all. I think like Greg ended up being like the BTK killer. Like everybody's got like their weird shit. Is this canon? It is canon. Yeah, there's a there's a series of Brady Bunch graphic novels that do kind of like a behind the scenes thing of it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Oh, I I always hate stuff like that where it's like you're watching something upbeat and then I guess it doesn't happen that often, but it always makes you think about the end of American Graffiti. Yeah. Where it's like and yeah. it's ending and they're playing the Beach Boys and it's like everyone died in Vietnam. <laughs> like, with the, the cards. Yeah, at the end of Fuller House, they should play forever by the beach boys and just say that everyone died in vietnam they all went to vietnam for vacation and died okay so we've almost introduced all the characters <laughs> we haven't gotten through the three new three new kids four new kids yeah, the new kids because that has got to be full at all times <laughs> it's got to be fuller than before it has to be the most full it's ever been so DJ has children. She had I don't remember any of their names, but it doesn't matter. Um, she has a baby who's played by twins. Yeah, and it's just a baby, does nothing. Yep. There is a uh, slightly older son who I guess is kind of more, kind of like Danny Tanner. He's more he's like a nerd. He's very uh, proper. Wears like bow ties and stuff. Yeah. And then there's a the slightly older brother than that, and I guess he's cool, maybe or at least normal. Is compared to the kid yeah i thought he was kind of a dork he's just he's just a mess <laughs> he's just a kid, he a kid i'm yeah. sure like the, the description of the character was kid yeah we need a child for this are you child <laughs> are you child <laughs> they're just banners like all over like los angeles <laughs> are you child <laughs> come to audition can you be in a house with others <laughs> several others and then uh, uh, Kimmy has a kid because uh, she'll she'll move in at some point, mm, yeah. and uh, her daughter likes to text and do things that like preteen girls like to do. Yeah, and that's uh, she. Kimmy had a, a kid with this uh, dude who's kind of like a uh, I, I don't know what what's his job again. His name's Fernando. They they got a divorce and they have like a child together, but. Uh, I forget what he does, but the point is his character on the show is basically like the dad who's not there, but he's trying to get back with Kimmy Gibbler for whatever reason. And he's of of all the like non-white characters on the show, it's basically him and Macy Gray <laughs> in another episode. Macy Gray from Sam Ra- Sam Raimi's uh, Spider Man shows up. <laughs> the, oh yeah. yeah, what do you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's most of the major players. I don't know how much more I want to go into this opening episode, but uh, you did mention they played forever. They do have like a party where uh, Stephanie is DJing and is the worst DJ because, for one, she lets them play forever. <laughs> I feel like she played... Oh, they also do... Don't they do like New Kids on the Block? Yeah, and they do that dance to it and the audience loves it because, of course, they loved it. Like, I would love it if I was there and I saw everybody doing a dance together to New Kids on the Block. I would lose my shit and be very happy just like they were. But at the same time, it's such a... It, it just really hits that, like, yep, we're doing all the nostalgia. <laughs> we're gonna... I mean, yeah, like, they're cramming in every everything that reminds you of the 80s, every catchphrase. Yeah. Danny starts playing Wild Thing with Jesse's band because I guess that's something he did on the original show. Yeah, I think so, right? I think so, probably. If he didn't, then he might as well have. 
<laughs> even to the point of like the baby starts crying and they start singing the Flintstones, which I guess they don't original. Yeah, show. well, that's so weird because they have like a Brian De Palma like split screen where it shows them doing it in the original show and they just do it in the present, like. Because, I mean, fans, if they were just watching it, they'd be like, oh, that's something for us. That's something because we remember. But, like, they're really hammering it home. Like, yep, this is what it's all about. <laughs> you loved it in the original. Like, it just goes to show what is obvious here. And that's that, you know, this is the, it's the BuzzFeed quiz thing, you know? It's just, yeah. It's it's just weird because like even if they didn't do the split screen where they're showing the old footage of them singing that song compared to the new footage, I probably would have gathered because it's like it's so random that oh this is probably something they did on the original show, but they think I'm so stupid that they have to go in <laughs> do go into split screen as if I don't remember this one particular bit. Be like see see <laughs> we're faithful. This is like the old show, okay? Yeah, it... I'm Jeff Franklin. <laughs> see. <laughs> Who's the Full House purist who would have who, who would have been like, uh, actually the only song that they should be singing is the Flintstones. I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, I just I guess it makes sense though because it is the whole thing is fan service, right? Like that's the term, oh yeah so. no this is like one of the worst pilot episodes to a tv show i've ever seen if you even want to call it a pilot I guess it's not because it's kind of like picking up yeah but that's the thing though like it, it's this. I feel like such an idiot for saying the whole thing is fan service because, like, yeah, no shit, Michael. <laughs> like, it's it's Fuller House. Like, what the idea is? This is a this is like a dessert. This is a treat for all those people, and you know, for several cast members who I think like. Not, I'm not even saying that as a diss, but like. For a lot of cast members who haven't really done anything and are, you know, this is like a big, this is a paycheck and a new gig for them. Like, I don't know. I think the whole idea is like, yeah, let's do let's do a, a victory lap for for us. But that that also means that there has to be like nothing. Like, I, I guess that's what I was curious about. Is there anything for somebody who doesn't give a shit about Full House? Like, if this were just a show. You know, if if we evaluated it on those terms, <laughs> could it be watchable? You know, and you know, that first episode definitely didn't feel like there was anything new. It was all callbacks and throwbacks to old jokes. Yeah, like it kind of reminded me of when you're watching. Well, hopefully you're not, but like if you've ever seen like an ep- like an epic movie or disaster movie, how instead of parroting something, they just say the line. And it's like, they'll just say the line. They don't even like necessarily set it up well. They'll just say it because we know what it is. <laughs> right. Like, I get it if they're setting up like relatively good or at least okay jokes and then throwing in the catchphrase, but it just feels really ham-fisted, yeah. like trying to get in every single thing. It's like, you have a whole season. You don't have to do this all in the first episode. Yeah, you know? I think that the idea was, hey, if there's anybody who's only going to watch the first episode of this, we need them to know. She says how rude. <laughs> she does every joke that she did before, you know, like. I don't and know. that was an interesting thing for me going forward with this show. I, I didn't end up watching that many. I watched about four or five episodes. Um, I know you watched a few more. But, like, I wanted to see what this show was like when they got away from, like, those references. Yeah. If they ever did. And it took me a while before, like, I feel like I actually saw an episode that felt like a different, like, felt like a new show. It's like, I watched the second episode, 
and you know everyone was just there for the party and then they left right but then the second episode john stamos is there yeah the third episode uh dave coulier was there yeah it wasn't until the fourth episode that's like okay it was, it was just the new people or new people living in the house right so i feel like i could finally judge it for what it was <laughs> and it was still just like really really lame yeah yeah well the, okay here's one of the interesting things about the show is that the every love interest for dj that isn't uh, her old boyfriend steve who i also want to talk about uh the guy the guy who she confuses for the plumber and also the guy who works at the vet office with her the tallest most attractive guys in the world <laughs> like <laughs> just these handsome fucking hunks <laughs> like uh I, I forgot what my point was <laughs> <laughs> i was going somewhere with that you're also going to talk about steve <laughs> yeah okay let, we need to talk about steve 2011 um steve I, <laughs> I i like a lot because he's the dude is just like i looked him up on imdb he's done full house and he voiced aladdin and then every time they need Aladdin on anything, like any video game where Aladdin's in it, he just does the voice of Aladdin. He's there. And so I'm like, okay, so he's probably like, he's he's writing that Aladdin thing all the way to the bank. But he's also like a TV writer, apparently. And uh, I, which, you know, that was that was cool to find out because TV writing's a thing I'm interested in. And I looked it up, and he wrote for 90210, the reboot, which apparently Laura Laughlin, right? That's the Aunt Becky person, uh, was on. And then he wrote, what was it? The, I'll look it up. Uh, the Muppets, the new one, The Neighbors. And, and he wrote an episode of Blackish. And so what I'm what I'm really getting at here is like I'm super proud of of Scott Weiner 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 yeah, yeah I don't know super proud of him which he's older than me and is and is doing better than me but I'm just really proud of him <laughs> like he, he's killing it he's he's writing uh, TV shows he's uh, cashing in on this Fuller House thing like hats off to him yeah I mean he's a likable guy so I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, you know, what? I'm happy for uh, in a, for the Kimmy Gibbler lady, Stephanie. Uh, you know, I'm you're the people who have like, I, like I don't know what what they're doing in life. They're they're probably perfectly happy people, and they don't need me to fucking say, oh, good job, you you <laughs> you did the Fuller House <laughs> reboot. That'll that'll get you. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Like, it's it's great that they're all. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm as I'm saying this, I'm being converted into a Fuller House fan. But like, but you know what I mean. Like, I that I think that's what a lot of the Full House fans see in this is that they get to see the people that I guess they like because they like the original show come back and be in their living rooms again but my i don't really have that because i don't give a shit about full house but i do i was kind of like happy like seeing oh you know hey they're <laughs> she's doing that kimmy line again and that that audience is going crazy for it so i don't know 
I do. I guess that is the extent to which I, I find this uh, like that. That's the extent of my joy in it. It's not really nostalgia so much as it is like rooting for <laughs> for these '90s sitcom stars. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, even though this thing is a huge cash grab, it's for people that could probably use that cash, yeah, you know. Yeah. And people that like probably miss this this kind of attention. Yeah. And are for the most part talented enough to deserve it. Sure. I mean, even if the writing's not good, that doesn't mean that they're not talented performers. I mean, uh, you and I may disagree about Dave Coulier, <laughs> hate his guts, but uh, you know, for the most part, I, I think it's good that they're doing this and. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not trying to make you say that it's a good thing. That like, I don't no, 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 no. But I mean, like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta really think about Full House in general. Like, was it ever good? No, no, it was never good. So it's like, by by the end of this, I want us both just be like super, <laughs> the, like demanding another season. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start talking about the rumors. Yeah, it's like, are you gonna bring back Taj Mori? Oh, yeah, smart guy. He's a smart guy. Um, well, are they gonna bring that back now? I hope so. Look, smart man. Smart man. Oh, dude. Well, a guy who was if it was smart boy, they would call it smart man. But now they would just call it smarter guy. <laughs> like he was, he's smarter than ever now. I don't feel like they have really a goal with the narrative or the characters. It's like we're just gonna do the same thing again. Like we're not gonna build off of what we had. We're just gonna have like yeah. the same characters going through the same thing. Because if you think about it, like. DJ's just like Danny was, and Stephanie's kind of just like Uncle Jesse, and Kimmy's just like Uncle Joey. They're yeah. just the same characters again, essentially. Yeah, I think they're kind of fitting in the archetype, and they're, I don't know, whatever the stock character t- titles are, they're just filling those in. I, I did kind of... Did you see the episodes that have the whole arc where, you know, Steve's trying to win DJ back, and... I heard about it, but I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, it's like Steve competing with uh, one of the handsome hunks I was talking about earlier. Uh, yeah, and he... The whole thing is, like... There's... <laughs> actually, okay, here's the one sequence on the show that I thought was kind of genuinely... I'm not going to say it's, like, great, but, it, like, I got what they were doing, and, I, you know, it was, it was fine, it, which was... Uh, they're both like showing her fantasies of what it would be like if they went with one of them and the vet guy they're like passionately embracing and steve steps in and he's like okay i'll show you something that's really romantic and then it's just a clip from the old 90s show of them like kissing and i don't know like they i don't know i i could have seen something there with like steve trying to rehash the 90s and which i mean they do that kind of but i wish they had done applied that to more of the show and done kind of like what we were talking about with the the brady bunch movie where it's like you know the full house people in 2016 here they i think they do that to the extent that they're like talking about emojis or this will look really great on my facebook page you know (laughs) all those like yep we're we're in the present now but like I think instead of just doing that, they, I think if, I mean, it would be a completely different show tonally, but uh, if they had decided to not be heartfelt about Full House and just be completely tongue in cheek, for me, that would have been preferable. But I guess, no, it's obvious why they couldn't do that now that I'm saying it out loud, because, you know, that would alienate all the Full House fans who really do love these characters. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's way more interesting now. You think so, right? Like, 
Well, yeah, that sounds that sounds kind of interesting. I might have to check that one out. What episode is that? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. One of the late. I watched like four episodes because uh, my sleep schedule was so fucked up that I I was just staying up like till early morning and I was like drinking a lot, so I don't remember <laughs> all of them. <laughs> that's how you watch. That's how you watch Fuller House. <laughs> You're up at an ungodly hour with some alcohol. I'm just drunk and marathoning Fuller House. <laughs> You're just kind of singing the theme song to yourself. I do. I, I I liked that they got Carly Rae Jepsen. That that makes sense. That's knowing your dad. That felt I appropriate. Yeah. I have no problem with I that. Like that. That seems like right. That. Yeah. Um, any other random moments that we'd like to talk about? Um, I will say that I hated when, because I hate everything Uncle Joey, I hated the episode when he came over to babysit. Yeah because they're gonna go out to the club because he lives in vegas it's like he just he just dropped by he just flew over from vegas to babysit and he comes in with his beaver puppet again because it's all he's got but he's on a hoverboard this time and i was just like oh my god and then later he's like check it out i got a toilet paper gun and i i feel like that's something that like if i was seven i would have been like <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> cool yeah no like there there are some things like i i because i remember what was your relationship with the original full house right like you were watching it at seven maybe i've yeah i've seen you know i saw lots of episodes sure. all the time I, it's been such a long time but yeah i mean i kind of liked it i don't remember what i liked about it but it was just i think it was on it was just on yeah, yeah. i don't know if it's even that i liked it that much it's just i saw it so much that it just became routine yeah and it's like well i guess i'll just watch this yeah exactly and i and i think that was my thing with it too because i remember as a kid like it, it's not like i was laughing at what uncle joey was doing necessarily but he was he was fine he was just this you know he's doing his thing and and <laughs> he's just doing his thing you know this is he was just he was just doing him and and i don't know I, I was like probably home from school like playing hooky and eating top ramen and watching full house like that was that was it and then my understanding was that everyone else my age had the same relationship with full house but i don't know i mean I wouldn't call myself a Full House fan at that age, so because like like what you're saying, even when I was seven, it's not like Joey doing his his gags was laugh out loud funny. Are we just like super sophisticated? Is that what we're getting at here? Like we're just like really because when I was seven, <laughs> I was not sophisticated. I think most people. I, don't, I can't vouch for the generation for us. This was this. I mean, we were watching a lot of reruns pretty much, but this was mostly for our generation yeah. for the most part. I think most people, it was just kind of like I was saying, it's just kind of a routine thing. You just came home and you watched it. It's not so much that everyone thought it was really good. It just, it was so familiar. It felt right. And like, you look back to Full House, you're like, oh, I remember, you know, when I go back from, you know, and I when I'd watch Full House after school and do these things, it brings you to another time. It's not necessarily that it was the best show ever. Mm. I think it's just people like to kind of go back and, and reminisce and it helps them reminisce yeah um yeah. i mean obviously there's probably some people that are lame that thought it was pretty funny <laughs> right but uh yeah i, I think know. most people I... just watched it and you know it's really all there is to it yeah that's all yeah that's it <laughs> okay and i had one other stray thing that uh was weird to me the kimmy gibbler character i find incredibly disturbing as an adult um <laughs> Regarding how irresponsible she is towards her child. (laughs) 
And they address this, but it, it's disturbing to see that she's exactly the same. Most of the characters are exactly the same. No one's really changed at all. Yeah. Freaks me out. Uh, which could have been the show, man. It could have been the show. Yeah. It, they could have gone deeper into that. I feel like I just saw one episode where at the end, you know, DJ's like, you can't. You got to be a more responsible parent. You got to, like, scold your child. Right. You can't be their friend. Right. You know, I'd love to see them get deeper into that. Is Are we really, like demanding that fuller house be better though you know what i mean what what do we want do we want this to be you know there's no excuse for fuller house not being an emmy worthy like it it is what it is i think that with netflix uh doing really cool stuff occasionally like you know with original programming and and but also doing like I, I forgot to mention this earlier but uh wet hot american summer like something like that because you know what that we think of that differently but because that's like a cool thing and it's a good thing and it's like funny but wet hot american summer the show that's fan service in it you know like that's also for the fans it has the can of vegetables <laughs> <laughs> everyone's back yeah and that's but I don't know. I, I it's not like a, I was trying to say like I bet a full house fans are watching that and thinking, "Oh, well that's stupid." But no, that's cuz they're wrong if they think that <laughs> what other record summer is great. But but you know what I mean? Like it's uh I think if if they're just kind of seeing, "Hey, what do people want to watch?" uh let's see if we can give that to them, then you know, you got to you got to take the fuller house with the wet hot American summer. I guess yeah no i I hear what you're saying i think you're right i guess just the thing is it's like we live in this era where tv is of such high quality now in some ways better than most movies that come out you know with all the quality networks and streaming services and just tv is so good right now that when you go back and see a like dust off a dinosaur like full house yeah like i mean yeah they're they're doing exactly what full house was but i'm so used to seeing things that are so much better than that that (laughs) It's hard to like, it's like regressing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, we're, I, I get that. I, I guess if this is like the golden age of television, it, but I mean, I don't know, maybe <laughs> there, there are so many uh, terrible like movies that come out and terrible shows that come out that don't like invalidate the the Breaking Bads and, and um you know anomalisas or whatever you know it took me i don't don't know why it took me five minutes to think of a movie i'm watching too much (laughs) fuller house i don't have time to go to the cinema i don't have time to see anything but this is a full-time job doing what we do (laughs) it's a full-time job watching full house do you have anything else you'd like to say about Fuller House? It's so hard for me to say Fuller. Do you have anything else? <laughs> yeah, change the title. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just say that for anybody out there who needed this in their life and like was genuinely really psyched to see that <laughs> there was 13 episodes of hanging with the tanners in that old san francisco house that has a really weird design where there are two staircases on both sides of the house that (laughs) kind of go into the same doorway uh i am sincerely like 
happy for you that you got this show and i it's not for me but it it was never for me so uh so you know what more power to you and uh guy who played steve you got it dude there you have it that's fuller house on netflix they are doing a season two i don't know when it comes out and i don't care (laughs) let's move on to a segment i did not prepare for but we sometimes have which is called john and michael recommend so i've mostly been watching 30 for 30 episodes they added like a few new ones. They had one about the Chicago Bears and. Uh... All right, so the Chicago Bears episode, you know what I'm gonna ask, right? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're gonna ask. You know what I'm gonna ask. Something about the Super Bowl shuffle? I don't. Yes. Know. <laughs> <laughs> they go into it, but I wish they would have gone into it a little more. If I have to be sure. honest. Sure. They should have done a thirty for thirty on the Super Bowl shuffle. Just, Just on like... the shuffle, the choreography, the behind the scenes, how they decided who was gonna do what part of the rap. <laughs> that was my one of my favorite key and peel sketches is when they do the it's the follow-up to the east-west football sketch where they just say all the funny names but it's all those characters are back and they do like their <laughs> super bowl shuffle oh i haven't uh, seen that. that sounds great it's so good it's so funny and i also watched a 30 for 30 about the it was the four falls of buffalo which uh if you're a football fan, then you, you're probably familiar that with the Buffalo Bills. In the 90s, they went to the Super Bowl four times in a row and lost every time. Hmm. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Just Because it, it just kind of paints a nice portrait of people in, in Buffalo. You know, like you forget that Buffalo, New York is nowhere near like New York City. It's like way off. It's this really cold little town. Like the Bills are all they have. I mean, aside from chicken wings. <laughs> and they had to go through that and how you know it must be so tough being a sports fan there and that was a yeah. good one see i always i kind of wonder about stuff like that you know just when they especially with when they have like just that and chicken wings you know like that's got to really hurt the old pride there i mean for people who are really invested in it because i think with a lot of sports fans they have that combination of hometown pride and team pride i don't know like that yeah i'll check that out <laughs> i'll watch that and michael have you been watching anything or saw anything recently that was uh... yeah uh speaking of uh netflix a netflix show that i really thought was cool was uh the characters and the idea of that was it takes eight comedians, uh, just people in the comedy world, and they each get to write an entire episode of a 30-minute show. That's where they are in charge of everything. It's them uh, doing sketches and characters, and, and each uh, comedian gets their own episode. So it was an eight-episode uh, season, and it had people like lauren lapkus and tim robinson and my personal favorite of the bunch was john early who if you know he's one of like the funniest uh i think he's super great and he's uh you might have seen him in the wet hot american summer tv show or uh, who was he he forgot his character's name he was a logan saint bogan yeah um, what did he do? <laughs> I was hoping that would trigger enough, but I need more information. That, 
that that was that was a that was a, a weird move on my part to, to say that <laughs> he's the theater kid like you know uh theater yeah. i think so i think so yeah uh, that's probably because well, i'm looking at him right now so i think I don't know why I was thinking like yeah I'll, because when <laughs> the character name <laughs> uh, yeah um, but yeah he's just a funny dude he you you might have seen him on meltdown and all these things and what he did with his episode was so great there's the there's a reoccurring kind of uh, sketch that is the framework for the entire thing that bookends it uh, and and that it is super funny but also like a really interesting character study and i feel like every character he does on his episode is not only super funny but it's just like super fleshed out and and interesting and i recommend the entire show but if you can only watch one i beg of you watch the john early episode it is uh, so so good see that's just what i need because i did check out an episode but i didn't know which one was like the, like which is the one i gotta watch and I, <laughs> yeah. I was reading like some people's opinions and the episode i watched was natasha rothwell oh, okay and i thought it was fine um uh but i, I wasn't like yeah I, like i have to check out every other episode now but, i mean that one was good it had a uh, bit where she was playing a homeless man on a subway yeah, yeah. who was spoiling <laughs> books for people because she's read so much so yeah <laughs> yeah i like that one that was a good uh, bit. So I'd be curious to check out, you know, some of the other episodes because I feel like it's it's one of those shows where it's like you can't just judge it from one episode. It's gonna be completely different every time. And I think that's such an awesome idea to to give a comedian a whole half hour to do whatever they want and to make it different every time. I think it's just such yeah. a great idea. No, totally. And I and I think that uh, all eight of them. And actually, I wasn't familiar with uh, all of them. I knew like maybe half of them, like five or so of them. But uh, I, I really think all of them have really good ideas and hopefully get to, you know, use that as a launch pad to do other stuff. So, yeah. And uh, by the time this comes out, this podcast, I, I bet, um, I'm pretty sure Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt will probably be out for its next oh, yeah. season. I think that's coming up. I'm sure I can recommend that. that I love that show. Um, but I think that's everything for this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can hear more of it on iTunes at um, just search Mildly Pleased, or you can go to mildlypleased.com. Just search Stream Police on the website, and you'll find all sorts of, of uh, great stuff. Sorry we've been gone for so long, but we're back with a vengeance, just like the Tanner family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Because it, it doesn't count as one. We, we're just, we're back. That's Don't it. Don't call it a comeback. 